Hello and welcome in to the Tim Tuck Sports Podcast. My name is Tim. Today we're going to talk about sports. We are going to talk about your Denver Nuggets, your Colorado Rockies, and that's it. Thank the Lord because I love my Rams, but what an emotional fucking roller coaster that shit show has been. I love you guys so much. I love you, and you're not a shit show. You've done so well this year, and we're so proud of you. But I'm done fucking being upset about that game. We're going to move on to next season. Next season. Now, today, here we are. We had a Rockies. We had two Rockies spring training games, and we had the Nuggets. It's super late. I just finished watching the game because I went to a friend's trivia night with my brother. It was a great time. We lost because I haven't seen friends in over a decade. That's not a brag or anything. That's just saying I haven't seen that shit in forever. And I still knew about a third of the questions. It's because I'm fucking awesome, if we're just completely honest. Before we get into this episode, uh, I have recorded a new Tim Talks Broncos like every day this week. Go check them out. Listen to that shit. Pump up those numbers. Get me going. I'd really appreciate it. That being said, as I mentioned on that show, we're going to go to three a week. There's just not enough news right now. This show is going to continue to follow every Nuggets game. That's it. There's going to be an opening day Rockies game and I have Rockies show, and I haven't really decided how else I'm going to handle the Rockies. Basically, I mean, going to be talking about them every other day until the Nuggets stop playing, and then we'll go from there. Unless there's special events that I just feel are really necessary. One sidebar question, answer it in the reviews, or uh, I guess that's really all you can do. Does the chair squeaking bother anybody? It doesn't bother me enough to stop doing it. Every once in a while, I just like to sit up in my chair, and it squeaks. All right, so here's the deal. Also, before sorry, before we go into the, the, to the show, I recorded a new Tim Talks Movies podcast. It's about a terrible movie, and I yell insanely into the microphone about how bad it is. It's called... Deep Water, I think? Deep Water? What the fuck is that stupid-ass movie called? Yeah, it's called Deep Water. It's terrible. And I yell at the computer. It's kind of... I laughed while I was editing it. It's kind of funny. So, that goes out on Sunday. So, check that out. Check out the Batman. The Batman's still there. Pretty happy with our review. Just go ahead and check it out. There's insights in there you don't get anywhere else. Well, you get them somewhere else, but not for most people. The Rockies. Okay, so there's not a lot you can take away from spring training games. They have won two games in a row. They are officially 2-0 in the Chris Bryant era. So let's talk pitching. Um, some of the guys that I was the most excited to see pitch did not pitch well. Kilkenny had problems with control, and he got touched up a little bit. Gave up two hits. Defense, the team wasn't very sound, so they didn't, give, they didn't help him very much. Um, Neil did decently. Three inning pitch and three strikeouts. I didn't catch, but like a couple pitches of his uh, game, I, I just I tuned in. Like Cozart was great, Smith was great, and I didn't see Kennedy uh, because Nuggets pregame was starting. So pitching was decent. The hitting, um, you know, I really wanted to see Alejandro Montero really just mash. Uh, you know, he, he dinked one and it was cool. He popped a fly ball. Uh, it was great. You know, I mean, he's just. You can tell the power is there, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think he, I think that ability is going to be really exciting. Ryan Vallade has kind of been disappointing to me. Um, I know that he has the talent, but 
Um, last he, he played quite a bit for the Rockies last year and didn't record a hit. Uh, players that were awesome. Michael Toglia was a great time. He he smacked the ball. He smacked a couple balls. Like I said, Montero smacked a couple balls. He only got one hit, but smacked a couple balls. Zach Veen smacked a couple balls. He got a hit, and he stole a bag. Um, we were only able to watch the Diamondbacks portion of the broadcast, so they made it sound like he was going to get picked off. Like They got him in a rundown, but no, what really happened is he stole second, and instead of throwing to home, they threw to first. Um, uh, Tovar didn't get a hit, but we did see him make a couple plays at shortstop. Like, they weren't fantastic or anything. He did fine. Grant Levine played. You know, I didn't see his at-bat. I was busy doing other things. Um, that's kind of how I do spring training baseball. Like, if it's regular season and I, it's important, I'm going to watch it. But spring training, it is what it is. Uh, Drew Romo, no hits. Um, didn't really even get to see the swing all too much. I think the one swing I saw was a check. He went up walking that at-bat. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a great game to watch prospects. You know, Toglia thumped a ball. Zach Veen swatted a ball. And he thumped another one. His, I think his other ball, maybe it was another guy. But I think I think it was him. His his other out was a loud out. There's a couple loud outs that you could you can hear the thump in the bat. Ryan Vallade's got to figure something out. You can't be... Ramel Tapia. We got Ramel Tapia already, and he's not going to play this year. We just signed his replacement. So you got to figure something out. Defense is terrible. It's ugly. Um, and I know it's prospects. Some of these guys are A-ball. Some of these guys are double A-ball. But they gotta they got to work on that. Now, I didn't see a lot. I mean, Drew Romo didn't fuck up. He was fine. That I saw, at least. Um, so, I mean, that's always good. Tovar played, had a silky glove. Uh, but specifically, Zach Veen, Ryan Vallade. Um, yeah, those guys. Those guys had a tough, tough time in the field. Um, yeah, so that's that's Rocky's report. Um, in summation, the bullpen was good. There was loud outs, a couple, uh, a couple hits here or there. They did tack on five runs, um, but it wasn't like like the prospects. Nobody hit a dinger. Nobody, nobody had a great game. Right? There was one inning where they scored three runs because of a hit parade. I think all nine guys got up. So four walks. Nine hits, but this was the all prospect game, and, and and Boswell, a couple couple strays, but mostly this was this was the kids. So it's just it's kind of fun just to see where they're all at, and there are obvious holes still. Now Elaharis Montero, I think, can play tomorrow. He's got big thump, and he's got great uh, ball to bat control. He's got great bat control, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. I've talked about the Rockies for way too long. Um, let's talk Nuggets. First off, okay, so obviously I don't want to spend the entire time on the the bad, the blatantly obvious terrible things that happened in this game. The blatantly obvious terrible things that happened in this game, officials and Mike Malone's rotation and his closing unit and Will Barton. I, I don't want to rag on the three things that I rag on all the time. The officiating was terrible. Nicole Jokic shot two free throws in the game. It was crazy. Scott Scott Foster called a travel on uh, Aaron Gordon under the hoop within like two minutes of overtime ending. It was just it was really bad, and I I just I don't know what the review process is for these people, but it needs to be fixed. Um, I don't doubt that they're. I'm sure they are doing the best of their abilities. All I'm saying is the best of their abilities is not good enough. They are not good enough at their jobs. Um. Michael Malone, uh, I 
credited to him in the first quarter. He took the guards out and put in Austin Rivers and Bones Highland. And that seemed to affect that Bones Highland was hot in the first half. Uh, not so much in the second half overtime at all. He had four points in the second half and overtime, but he was really lighting it up from three in the first half. And Austin Rivers is the only player on your team that can defend small guards. Like, like God bless Aaron Gordon because he does whatever coach asks him to. But I, I don't know what coach sees that I don't. Aaron Gordon can't defend tiny guards. Lightning quick guards. And the defense is not comp- they're not smart enough to recognize situations on the fly, or they're not willing to defend in that manner and 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 move and help and, and do all that sort of stuff. So I mean, it's just it was just pretty clear that they should have had a defensive unit in there and just let Gordon and and Nikola Jokic cook down down the drain. I mean, probably probably keep Bones Highland in there. He was he was effective. He was drawing players away from Nikola Jokic, but I mean, Jeff Gordon was was accomplishing nothing in that game. He's, he's. I mean, in the end of fourth quarter in overtime, he's a terrible defensive player, and the three point shot has not been effective. All he can do is dunk. Jermichael Green can dunk too. He's a tremendous defender. I just, why isn't Jermichael Green in that in the game? I guess I I said I wasn't gonna bitch about the things that I always bitch about. Will Barton was also terrible, the turnstile. I feel bad about ragging on Will Barton because I, we like Will Barton as a dude. Like, we really do. And he has done a lot for this franchise to usher in this era. But, man, it's just not there anymore. And, like, you have to know that it's not there anymore. And you have to be honest with yourself. The coach has to be honest with you. But it doesn't seem to be a conversation that anyone's having. I mean, it's gotten so bad to the point where the media that has stuck their necks out so far to defend them are, are no longer willing to. Or at least they, they're they not willing to to the point that they were before. The media has defended Barton. like To the nail, they're scratching their way, trying to defend Barton. And it doesn't seem like they're really willing to anymore because the play's been bad. The play's been bad. Okay, those are the three things that I just didn't really want to talk about. I wound up talking about them anyways. Here are other things that went horribly wrong. Um, offensive rebounding, I think that's a size problem. Sorry, not off, defensive rebounding. Defensive rebounding, I think is a size problem. I think that Jamal Murray in there instead of a tiny guard, like he's not tall, but Jamal Murray's thick. Guys don't beat up Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray beats up people. Um, you know, Will Barton, he's long. If he's not fucking around, I don't know. He should be helping on the glass. But then you slide Aaron Gordon and and you've got Michael Porter Jr., 6 foot 11, and Nikola Jokic. I mean, you should be able to pull down boards off the glass. I, th- I think that's our issue with that, but I mean, effort effort is also bad. Like ball watching like crazy all five guys, including Bones Highland, including in this game uh, specifically, including Jeff Green. Like Jeff Green, the effort's bad. It really is. The turnovers were bad in this game. Um, aberration, though. It's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's got seven turnovers, and he'll turn a ball over. like He'll dribble it off his foot or something every once in a while. But seven turnovers. He got dinged for two travels tonight. One of them was obviously garbage. Scott Foster wanted to, I don't know, he must have had money on the Cavs or something. I don't know. He's fucking terrible. Um, 
but he turned the ball over seven times. You, you can't do that. Yeah, so 18 turnovers. That's what happened the last time we played. I think I think they had like around 20 turnovers then, and it affected the outcome of the game. This team is also uniquely uh, built to to beat up on the Nuggets. They have a lot of size and a lot of big dudes. Now they're missing they're missing Jared Allen. They have been for quite a bit of time, but I mean they still had pretty decent size on the floor. The Stevens kid, I mean he's not a monster, but he was big enough to affect change in the game. I actually don't know how tall he is because for some reason my computer keeps showing me the goddamn metric system. Did I fix it? No, I didn't fix it. Why the fuck is this showing me the metric system? Oh my god, I don't understand. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to Google fucking translate one point. He's six foot five. Okay, he's six foot five. <laughs> fucking a. Oh my god, the world is the world is a challenging place sometimes. He's six foot five, so he doesn't have tremendous size. So they are giving up quite a bit of size, but that is a that is something that has bothered the Nuggets about this team before. You have three center power forward players and Markinen, Mobley, and Allen, and then Garland and Okoro. And Okoro is their shooting guard, and he's got great size. Or you play Levert as shooting guard starting, and he's got great size. So this team has pre- presented problems. And the biggest, like, okay, so you have size to combat Nikola Jokic, problem A, right? That is tough. But you also have lightning quick guards, which is the biggest vulnerability of the Nuggets. 100%. Come, come at me, like whatever you want to say, whatever you think Chris Paul does that that com- like is effective against the Nuggets. It's not. It's lightning fast point guards. It's why the Kings, for some reason, is like they're a tough matchup for us, even though they're a terrible fucking basketball team because De'Aaron Fox is lightning fast and we don't have anybody to stop him. For some reason, Gary Harris wanted to stay in Orlando instead of getting bought out, and he could have come home. We could have had Gary Harris stopping lightning fast guards, but we have a we have a player who does that, which is why tonight was so hard. Austin Rivers did not clamp clamp in quotation marks um, Darius Garland, but he hindered him. He hindered him. Also, this team did well enough that they should have been able to win for percentage wise. You hold a team to forty five percent from the field, you should be able to beat them. Now, the fact is that they just beat you in other ways. Rebounding, it's not necessarily defensive rebounds. They they didn't beat you in defensive rebounds, but offensive rebounds, they got too many. They passed the shit out of the basketball. They know how to move to the big guys. They, they shot pretty well from three. It's mostly Love and Markinen, but overall they shot pretty decently. The thing that stands out to me the most is the free throw disparity, um, but it didn't really help them. They, got, they shot eight more free throws, but they only made three more than the Nuggets did. Nikola Jokic going the line two times in a game that featured overtime is just nuts to me. It's so crazy. Like, there are... Sorry, we're going to go back to what we can control. Brent Forbes. I I don't know if he has the blues being away from home, and I don't know if it predates Philadelphia. But since Philadelphia, Brent Forbes has not played well. Brent Forbes has not played well. And it's been tough, man, because I've seen him shoot so well. And I, I get it. They are guarding the absolute fuck out of Brent Forbes right now because they know that he is a weapon. They are putting their best defender on Brent Forbes. Well, that is about to change. Bones Highland is going to become offensive, or is going to be labeled offensive number one for the bench unit in other teams' playbooks. So Brent Forbes is about to get more open. But as of right now, man, it's just, it's, he's not, 
he's not providing you what you want. Like you look at this roster and I know that you can't play Davon Reed what you want because he's a two way, but Davon Reed would be giving you more right now than Bryn Forbes because of the, the defensive component. And he's a decent three point shooter. Forbes has been absent and it's tough. J Mike played great. Not going to say a bad word about J Mike. He played fucking awesome tonight. And, and, and DeMarcus Cousins too, right? Cousins, he played with, with purpose. He played with energy, with strength. He dominated his opponents. And just, I don't know, man. Something happened. Bones Highland. The switch flipped with Bones Highland. His stats look great. 17 points, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 rebounds. Those are great numbers for your point guard. But when you think about 14 points a half, and he couldn't score shit in the second half, I mean, I, I don't really know what there is to say about that. I mean... If he is going to be closing the game, if he's going to play the last, I don't know, he must have played the last 20 minutes of that game, at least. It showed defensively, that's for sure. But he has to be scoring. Monte would have scored. Monte wouldn't have gone 0 for down the way. Monte's a competent three-point shooter. Is he the same as Bones Highland? No. But Monte has a shot. Like Monte knows where he gets the ball off. He's got a mid-range game. He's got a straight line drive that's second to none, man. Like that drive, I've only seen it blocked a couple of times. Once was last game, or two games ago, two games ago against Joel Embiid. Once was two games ago, but that's, that straight line move is so fast, it's second to none. Now, something happened in this game. He pissed off Michael Malone. Michael Malone benched his ass. He, he sensed some kind of rhythm with Bones Highland that didn't exist. Bones Highland was super bad in the second half. He was ineffective from the floor, and he couldn't play defense. So, look, I, Monte, Monte called. Er, Mon, I'm not even sure what Monte really did wrong. Like, it's pretty obvious that there was defensive confusion between him and Will Barton, between him and Aaron Gordon, between him and Jeff Green. Will Barton presents confusion in general because I don't know that he knows what he's doing half the time. He is a defensive liability. Rewatch the games. Let's break it down play by play at half speed, and I can show you what you're apparently missing. Now, it's like when I was out tonight, we were we were scoreboard watching as we went. Pretty okay with the loss in March. Like, this doesn't hurt my feelings. It shouldn't hurt their feelings. Like, they are pissed off about it because the abject failure that their team put up, the failure of the players, the failure of every coach on that staff, they didn't do a good job tonight. Top to bottom, soup to nuts. But it's March. It's the 18th. You shouldn't. You should care about every game, but it's not that important. I told my brother. I looked over at him and I said, "Man, if this goes to a second overtime, you don't keep Nicola in. You don't keep him in. And I know you have to, but Nicola doesn't need to be playing 43 minutes in March. No fucking way. That's crazy. He's the most important player in the entire league, and without him on your team, now Matt Moore." wants to rip on the fans because we say that Nikola Jokic drags a terrible team to the postseason. I know that's not true. I know that on lesser teams, you have several players who would be second or third options. That Monte is a starting point guard for a quarter of the league. That Aaron Gordon is a second option on a lot of teams. He might even be a first option on a lot of teams now. Those aren't going to be very good teams. No, no offense, Mr. Gordon. I'm a giant fan, but like right now, your your offensive game is a little limited. And I, I, I mean, 
I don't think it is your fault. I don't think you have the yips or anything. I think you're tired. I think your foot hurts. I think your ankles hurt. I think you need a fucking break. I think you need to not guard this, the fastest guard on the court. I think Isaac Okoro would have been a great, or Evan Mobley. Either one of those guys would have been great covers for you tonight. But, I mean, it's just, it's just not something that we're equipped to do. I mean, and that represents off-season target number one. You've got to find a undervalued player, a nugget, on another team who plays great defense and can shoot the three. Now, I've found a whole bushel of them. You can sacrifice a little defense if you have an elite offensive player. Colin Sexton is definitely going to be available. That's not going to be something that they go for. Cody and Caleb Martin are players that I believe fit the mold. They are long, they are fast, they are mobile, and they can cover. They can be perimeter defenders who shoot the three. Now, that doesn't affect this game. We'll rant about roster construction another day. Because I think I think this team is a very good team. I think that if you ran it back next year with two more players, you'd be walking to the ship. I think that if you didn't have Nikola Jokic on this team, and they planned and practiced and played knowing that Nikola Jokic was not on the team, they'd, they'd probably be in line for the 10 seed. This is not a garbage team. They're not garbage players. But they are dependent on Nikola Jokic because he's the greatest player on earth. He is the best player alive. That's what makes them great is because he is great. They just need to work harder. They need to work smarter. And coaches need to not trip over themselves. They need to think about who does what. You have a a lot of players. These players are players, they're people, but they're tools. Each tool has a function. Will Barton's function has never once been to lock down as a perimeter defender. It has not been, especially against lightning fast guards. Will Barton is an offensive dynamic player. Has been in the past, is not currently. I don't I'm we ran him into the dirt. I don't know what else what else to tell you guys. Like He's not there anymore. Will Barton's not home. But you have players that fit different roles, and I think that coach needs to look in the mirror and just really analyze what each player does and think in situation what each player on the court needs to do. And if those players aren't capable of doing it, if Jeff Green isn't capable of playing defense in crunch time and the three-pointer hasn't fallen for Jeff Green, for Uncle Jeff, then Jamichael Green needs to be in there. Because even if J. Mike doesn't shoot the three, he sure can play the D. If Will Barton is going four for 40, four for 14 or whatever it was, then Austin, Austin Rivers can shoot that bad. And he locks up. He's an excellent defender. I get it. Monte Morris pissed you off, and I respect you for not putting him back in. Guys have to do their part, but that includes you. With all that said, that's a ton of negativity I just threw out into the world. Those are just reality-based sentiments from one game. I don't think they're trends. This team just won seven road games in a row. They've been great in the month of March, post-All-Star game. They've been tremendous. Now, they have played bad teams. That is one thing that I've been worried about. The easy part of the schedule is gone. It's history. We're going to see who this team is last 10 games of the year. Correction, last 11 games of the year. We're going to see who this team is. Because they're the team that showed up tonight. We're a play-in team. Minnesota's on a roll, man. They're cooking. We 
We got a lot of tough games left. Boston, LA, Phoenix, Char- Charlotte ain't shit, Minnesota, Memphis. You know, there's two games with the Lakers. That team is shit. They're trash teams. They put they put us for the, versus the Lakers at the end of the year, anticipating some kind of important matchup. And the only thing that could be important about that matchup is if we put them out of the out of the postseason entirely, push them out of the play. It's the only thing that game could be relevant for. These last games are really going to show us what's important and what's not. Is it important to rest Nikola Jokic, or is it important to keep ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Stay out of a a one- or a two-game elimination-type playoff format. I don't know that it's technically possible. Let's see, we are 11, you know, we cannot fall out of the postseason entirely. We are at least locked into the nine seed, and we're not going to fall that far. But seven is a reality. Seven is 100% a reality. Teams kept winning. We played as tough as we could, and the teams around us kept winning. I don't, I I mean, it is what it is. This team is a good team. I don't think anybody should be mad at this team, but I think that there are fixable problems that people within that organization need to be coming up with solutions to. We're looking at, I mean, you don't have to bench Will Barton, right? Because benching a player does nothing. You've just caused him to have an even less morale, lesser morale than he had before. You've fucked up that guy's ear if you bench him. Maybe he needs a shock to the system, but I, I don't really think that's the way you handle these guys. But what you should do is you have to throw off the rotation. If it's me, nobody asked me for good fucking reason, but if it's me, we're doing what we did tonight. And Austin Rivers and Bones Highland are going to play starters minutes the rest of the way. It accomplishes multiple things. Primarily, it gives Will Barton time to rest his legs, and it introduces minutes with Bones and Jokic. It introduces minutes where Austin Rivers is guarding the primary ball handler, which is important for Aaron Gordon's longevity, and it's important for the overall defense because he is the best person suited to do that. Now, usually that means when you put a guy in early like that, that you pull him out and you essentially have just swapped minutes. You've got then Monte and Will Barton playing with the reserves, but you don't want to do that either because you love Bones Highland and Boogie Cousins. You love them playing together. So you just, Bones Highland's playing 32 minutes. You don't think that guy can fucking handle playing 32 minutes? You don't think Asa Rivers can handle playing 32 minutes? Tell me why they should. Tell me why the guys that are playing those minutes right now are better. Now, they haven't been bad. Monte has not been bad. He's done something to piss Coach off. Monte has not been bad. Will Barton has been, but maybe it's rest. Maybe we need to start to consider his health before we enter a postseason run. I know we need to start considering Nicola's, and Coach is sure trying, but this overtime bullshit really killed us. And I think it was avoidable within his control. It was 100% within his control. So i just been talking in circles here. The moral of the story is we gotta we got to make a change or two on this team, I think. And it's not get rid of Barton. It's not get start playing Faku or you can't really play Davon Reed, but it's not it's not start Vlaco something silly. But it's thinking more critically. You have to be more critical of your thinking when you are the head coach of the team. This is a Malone game. I didn't want to trash him, that's all I've done. Those were the three major facets of this game. Now there's also there's a couple other things that I didn't even talk about. Nikola Jokic turned down the sh- the game winning shot. He should never have done that. He's done that twice now in the last month. And it's it's a little bit much for me, man. Like, it's crazy. Why are you turning down the game-winning shot? You're the best player on the planet. You should have taken that shot. 
you were open. You're the best player on earth. Wasn't his fault that they lost though. There was a, a lot of things molding into each other to create for an epic collapse. Hopefully this rant, it's more than a rant. Hopefully there is organization and things that provoke thought inside of you. And hopefully I haven't just been talking in circles for like 35 minutes now. So, um, That's going to do it. Check out Tim Talks Broncos. Check out past episodes of Tim Talks Sports. There is some evergreen stuff in there. Uh, farewell to, to the Rams. Um, you don't have to listen to that. Nobody's going to twist your arms. I did pour my heart into it, but it's mostly just like me blathering because something I cared about is gone. So, um, so that's it. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. Sunday they played the Celtics. I think that's another early game, if I'm not correct. I think that they play at like one thirty or something. That's no, a six o'clock game. When what's our one thirty game coming up? We don't have a midweek game in the middle of the fucking day, do we? Oh, one thirty is way down the line. We got one thirty against uh, the Lakers down the stretch. We got a six o'clock game on Sunday. We'll be back for that. Um, and unless something breaks, it's crazy. That's that's gonna be the next thing, you know. Um, I, I don't really see anything breaking, you know. I mean, Broncos could break, and we'll be back for Tim Talks Broncos on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if they get a superstar player. I'll be back on that show for an emergency show. Like the only thing that would make me come back before Sunday is a Jamal Murray announcement or, I mean, that's it. If the Rockies make a trade or a signing that is really important. If the Rockies trade for, man, I I want this so bad. I'm going to speak this into existence. If the Rockies trade for Eric Hosmer and CJ Abrams for cash considerations, I will come back any day. I know that sounds crazy, but man, if you if you took on salary to acquire high-level prospects, it's what good organizations do, especially in down years. Why wouldn't you do that? So it's going to take something crazy for me to come back tomorrow. Um, this show is going to go up tonight, though. I'll tweet it out. Uh, make sure you follow me on Tim Talks Pod, Twitter. Um, I've tweeted a lot. On my main account, I've tweeted like 600 times in what, like 14 years or whatever it is. On this account, I've tweeted 130 times in seven days. It's too much. But in fairness to me, it's been the busiest time of the season. March Madness, MLB free agency, NFL free agency, and, uh, and the NBA. All, all happening all at the same time. Now a lot of that's over. Thank the Lord. Not that I wouldn't kill for the CSU Rams to still be playing in March Madness, but it's been quite a bit for me. So, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. We'll be back to talk about the game. Hopefully, they pull down a dub against the Celtics. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. I will have a Tim Talks movie podcast out by then. Um, yeah, so what I did is I, I talked about, uh, the fuck's that fucking movie called? Is that called Underwater? Deep water. I've said, I, I mean, I watched the movie or reviewed it. I just, it doesn't have anything to do with it. The only time they're in the water is they're in the pool. He's in a river one time. I mean, but it's not super deep. I don't know. Anyways, I reviewed Deep Water. It's a terrible movie. I yell at the movie or at the, at the microphone. I, I freak out. I laughed editing it. I thought it was pretty funny, but it's basically ranting. It's nonsensical. Check it out. Also, I went over phase one of the MCU, just as kind of throwback stuff. I was trying to do 
uh, one review per minute for 23 minutes for 23 movies of the Infinity Saga. It didn't work. You know, I mean, there's too much to cover in those movies. I also talked about John Favreau for a second, went off onto a Kathleen Kennedy rant, and uh, talked about Star Trek because I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. I think that's I think that's all I talked about. And I might change it. I might do something different. So if that's not what's, what gets uploaded on Sunday, tough noogies. But I think I will just because I like that review so much. It's like the one on Batman I did, I feel like that's like a legit review. Like I went through every part of that movie and I, th- I was very thoughtful about it. This was me just just saying what the fuck, basically, <laughs> for, for 15 minutes. So it's a good time. Check it out. Anyways, I'm going to go to bed. I'm just ranting at this point. It is, it's 1130. Um, so y'all have yourselves a good whatever the fuck you listen to this. And uh, I'm going to go to bed. Y'all have a good one. Peace.